everybody. Welcome back to Kitty Liquor. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. This is episode number 10. I can't believe that it's been 10 episodes already and still learning along the way, but I'm having a lot of fun doing this and I hope you're enjoying it. So I hope it's not too early to request a like on this video, or if you're listening, then just give me a thumbs up as you're driving, but keep one hand on the wheel. <laughs> uh, hey, so I'm back again. It is Friday, the best day of the week. Um, the best work day of the week, you know, nothing compared to Monday. Uh, I have to share something funny. So one of my patrons emailed me and told me that <laughs> he read an article about a peacock being found somewhere in Vernon, which is just outside of Kelowna. And if you're not Canadian, you don't know where this place is. It's, let's say, five hours west of Banff, <laughs> I would think. Wait, yeah, around-ish. And um, so funnily enough, like I told the story, I think it was my first or second podcast where I was driving home from Kamloops and I freaking saw, I saw... <laughs> a peacock on the side of the road and there were some ravens kind of hanging around and it was just the most random thing that I could have seen like it was so random uh and just last week I got an email from <laughs> from a patron saying hey this verifies your peacock story and uh essentially there's some article about some truck driver who had a random peacock on his truck and rode like 10 miles down the hill on top of his truck and and I was like, see, it's true. It's the same peacock. It's got to be. And where the hell it came from, I'm not really sure. But just thought that I would share that with you. <laughs> yeah. And in case you guys didn't know, um, my email, Kitty Liquor Podcast, is just open for anybody to send me pretty much anything aside from dick pics. Please don't send me <laughs> Um, But yeah, if you have questions or comments or you just want to somehow participate, by offering me information or advice, which I take often, um, feel free to email me. So that'll be linked down in the description box as well. And if you're listening, that's kittylickerpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, it's L-I-Q-U-O-R, okay? <laughs> Today, I put texturizing spray in my hair, uh, and I'm hoping that it's going to do something. Do it. Like, keep it, keep it up you know, keep some volume in it. Uh, I'm going to try not to play with it too much. But it's I always say that but it's probably gonna happen. So you may have noticed something different about the drink that I made. Okay, first of all, this glass is shaped like an open milk carton. I couldn't resist. Um, and I made a little addition to my drink. I crushed up one of my eyeshadows and added the glitter into, uh, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> it's edible glitter. It's actually not glitter. It's edible um, like shimmer powder. So what you would see maybe on a wedding cake, they just kind of dust it on. But look at the movement of that. I just think that that's so pretty. And I got this idea from Honeybee ASMR. Shout out to her. She uh, does, she eats everything you see on the cover image of her video. And she had some shimmer uh, ingredient in her drink that she was drinking. I thought it looked so pretty. 
and it's healthy and edible and safe and I shouldn't say healthy I don't know actually if it's healthy but <laughs> it's edible anyway and uh, it makes a great addition to any cocktail I think if you want to fancify a drink real quick just order yourself a little bit of um, edible like shimmer dust I found it on Amazon I ordered three little packages and a little bit goes a long way like a little bit goes a long way and my little koala so I have a bunch of different types of drink markers because there's nothing worse than accidentally sipping on somebody else's drink so I always have I actually have little kitties too but they're for the bottom of wine glasses but this little koala for those of you listening I have a little gray silicone koala hanging on to the straw that's in this milk carton shaped glass full of glittery liquid Mm, just like in middle school grown-up middle school (laughs) and hey if you guys have any suggestions for websites for me to order some cool cocktail accessories I've sort of been looking for um, funky garnishes little umbrellas cool straws uh, that kind of thing if you know a website please let me know in the comments down below and um, I'll check it out just because like I said it's been hard for me to find kind of interesting stuff I like to have fun with colors and and like I mentioned I'm going to be doing a mixology segment probably every podcast from here on out but um, well maybe starting in July I'm not sure yet but I'd like to have some cool accessories and have some fun so if you know of a place let me know because Amazon I thought that they would have more but uh, I just have to know specifically what to look up and I'm not really sure do you ever have that where you need to know something but you don't know how to to pose the question you know what I mean so if especially if you don't know the name like specific name of something I don't know if that makes any sense to you but that happens to me often where I'm like I need to know this but how do I ask the question on Google like sometimes just punching in keywords works okay so I did get a few questions via email and and also down in the comments but the people want to know or you guys want to know about my exercise routine and kind of my like diet regimen so I do a lot of different things to kind of keep myself healthy and in shape and my goal will always be health over my weight like being concerned about my weight Um, I do like to maintain you know a decent body weight but it's really more about health for me Uh, I know that sounds hokey but it's true Um, I work out a few days a week with a personal trainer and she really targets certain areas and things that I want to work on but basically like I don't want to bulk up I want to just tone up and just kind of have you know I mean I'm ripped I can't help it but (laughs) I uh, it's more it's not about like gaining muscle or what it's just about tone keeping everything toned right because I kind of have a tendency to bulk up pretty quick and I've I learned that (laughs) Uh, I don't want to say the hard way because it was actually really wonderful and great and uh, but it wasn't really the look that I was going for right Uh, and I was healthy but yeah I don't know I just for me I work out a few times a week with my personal trainer and then I have a spin bike I actually got a Nordic track uh, what are they called just like the Nordic track spin bike there's a name for it but anyway uh, and I freaking love that thing now that it's summertime biking is a regular thing as well as just 
going on long walks, runs, you name it. So I'm pretty active most of the time. And uh, so realistically, at least two days a week with my trainer, and then other weeks I'll be, I'll like get more into it and then I'll be more on my spin cycle bike or I'll bike outside or whatever. So it's not really that consistent, but uh, I, and then diet wise, uh, I'm on keto a lot. So in ketosis, so if you don't know what keto is, it's like where you're, it's very low carb, um, but high fat. So at this point, like right now I'm, fully in ketosis and I can always tell as I pee purple <laughs> no that sounds really weird uh, you get these keto strips like these test strips and then you can pee on them and then it shows how many ketones are in your pee they're not super accurate like the most accurate way to test ketones test for ketones is um, through the blood but I'm not about to do that and to be honest some days I go over the allotted amount of carbs um, I allow myself one day a week of a, like a carb up day. So I have a Dairy Queen Blizzard with extra cotton candy bits in it. And um, it's summertime. So I want to have a popsicle. I want to have ice cream after the pool. I want to go, you know what I mean? Like I'm just a total kid at heart and that is like summer to me. So I still allow myself these things, just not as often as I did when I was a kid, <laughs> which was pretty much every day. <laughs> Uh, oh, if I could eat that every day. Oh, so anyway, I, uh, yeah, that's my guilty pleasure is a cotton candy blizzard with extra cotton candy bits. I work out a few days a week, watch what I eat and, um, you know, still enjoy myself from time to time when it comes to indulgence and, uh, that chocolate cake sometimes. I'm also gluten-free. So like I don't, necessarily partake in all the Tim Hortons donuts that I would love to on my carb up day. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so don't eat wheat. It's been about seven years now that I've stopped eating wheat. Seven years, no wheat, and then keto a lot of time. And by the way, I go on keto for about three weeks at a time. And then I go off and then on and off and on just, just to kind of like keep myself sane and uh, I know sometimes being in ketosis for a long length of time can make you quite acidic and things. So uh, like I said, I go three week stints and um, I feel great, by the way, when I'm in ketosis. I feel like I have so much energy. I don't have like a midday lull. I just, my body is functioning 100%, it feels like. So if you've never tried it, do research on it. See if it's right for you. Uh, highly recommend it. It's a lot easier than you think it is. And uh, I mean that when I say it, even if you're a heavy car, like if you think all you eat is carbs, um, there are ways around it and alternatives and things. So don't let that discourage you. And uh, the interesting thing with keto is as soon as you enter ketosis, like the first thing that happens is you shed all of your water weight. So when you're in the process of going into ketosis, you start shedding a lot of water weight. So instantly you lose like three or four pounds right away. Like within the first few days of being in ketosis, it's gone. And then you're losing weight every day because now you're burning your fat as fuel as opposed to carbohydrates. Every bit of energy you use throughout the day is coming from your fat cells, right? And uh, so it's, you're losing it every day and you get on the scale every morning and you'll see yourself lose a pound a day. It's, it's literally, it can be like that. So anyway, do your research. Don't listen to me and my advice. I only know what I know, which is not everything. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, summer's around the corner. If you did want to shed a little bit of weight, just look it up and it could be the right thing for you. I want to talk about something that I notice, 
with pretty much all of my friends. When a bee comes around, and I'm just, I'm really actually talking about, actually, no, there's a few of my guy friends that are the same way, but people are terrified of bees. If we're sitting outside on a patio, because now like patios are open, if there's a bee that comes near, like people freeze in their tracks. They feel like the bee, it's like the bee is an axe murderer that's coming to <laughs> stab them in the eye with their stinger. Like they think that that's going to happen. And I know I get it. Like if you've been stung by a bee before, that's then you're, you know, you're scarred. But the overreaction of my friends, <laughs> and they're going to kill me for bringing it up, but it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, like if you're sitting there having a meal and a bee comes buzzing by, for you to like drop your cutlery on your plate, <gasps> freeze, not move, act as if you're having some sort of stroke and like some people will get up and run away, right? I have no issue with bees. I realize we need them. I love bees. I keep bees. And maybe maybe I'm just desensitized a bit. And I but I've been stung plenty of times in my life. I don't know if it's it's a, like a certain type of personality or is it like I kind of assume it's almost like a girly way to get attention. You know what I mean? Like, oh my god, oh my god, the bees! Oh, oh, I'm so scared. Protect me. You know, is that what it is? Is it more like they watch their mom do it and it looked kind of cute and then they do it now? And the overreaction just gets to me. And I'm sorry to those of you that have real like issues or PTSD from bees or wasps or whatever, hornets. Um, they're not out to get you. They're not after you. They'll protect themselves. If you're like, the worst thing to do is actually try to swat them away like, <laughs> No, don't do that. <laughs> they'll just come and they'll go. Sometimes wasps want to bite of your steak. You know, then you kind of got to shoo them away. And wasps, can, they can be annoying, right? Because they, especially certain times of year, there are like freaking so many of them. But don't be afraid of bees and don't kill them. Just let them do their thing. If they land on your shoulder, it's okay. They're not trying to murder you. If it's a murder hornet, I'd be more nervous. Because those are like the size of a hummingbird and they're, they can kill you, apparently. I don't know. I don't need, I don't know the truth actually about that, but. <laughs> okay, I want to know what the hell is up with this whole alien situation. The Pentagon releasing some sort of information about it. Wow, I missed a call from V6141425450007. Is that you? <laughs> But has there ever been a time where you thought that you saw an alien spacecraft or an alien? Or have you been one of the people that has been abducted by aliens? I think that I've seen alien spacecraft. I was about 12 years old on my cousin's farm and we were sleeping on the trampoline because it was midsummer and we were in our sleeping bags on the trampoline and in the sky, the night sky was perfectly clear, stars were a series of three lights, but like colored lights in the shape of a triangle, 
but really far up there, like really far up there. So it wasn't like it was right there. It was almost looked as far as the stars, but like the lights were bigger. So that's what caught our eye in the first place. But they were moving together like in a triangular shape. And as far as I remember, it was it was like quite brief and there was some spinning happening, but it wasn't like spinning like this. It was just kind of navigating almost. And then um, it just went off and did its own thing. But I don't think it didn't like shoot off or anything like that. Uh, it just sort of went out of view, I guess. But I'll never forget that. And I understand that obviously that could be passed off as a lot of different things. I know that there are like triangular aircraft out there. <laughs> um, and but the lights and just it just seemed off to me. And to be honest, the other day I was way out in the middle of nowhere and it was quite dark. And then I saw the Starlink satellites all in a row like it looked so cool to me. And if I didn't know that those were satellites put up there by man and they look like all shooting stars in a row, I would have assumed they were aliens too. <laughs> I'll just be totally honest. <laughs> I didn't like, what the hell is that? You know, like as if there's that many shooting stars in a row, like it's gotta be aliens. Uh, but I think this whole Pentagon thing and I don't know enough about it. I've only heard like Rogan talk about it and interview a few people and uh, super interesting stuff, but they just sort of put out a statement and then left it at that. <laughs> like, is nobody asking questions or like, what what's going on here? So uh, I'm not going to get too into it just because, like I said, I don't know enough about it. But uh, I believe in aliens. Uh, alien abductions, however, I'm going to have to say no on that one. And I not like, I don't know, but there are so many people that say that they've been abducted by aliens and they have evidence and scars and implants and uh, it's interesting, but I just, it's like, it's like Bigfoot, you know? I do know somebody that says that they've seen Bigfoot twice, uh, not too far from where I live. And she described them, He she said that she was driving down a dark road dark road like a dirt road in the dark and she said that she saw something that was like as tall as a moose with two glowing eyes that looked like just a giant ape and the, the second time she saw it she was actually with somebody else and they both saw it and I was like those are the kind of stories that get me going a little bit where it's like people that I know are talking about the Sasquatch uh, to me Alien abductions of the Sasquatch are like in the same category where I'm like, there's like a 5% chance that this is true, but there's still a 5% chance that that is, that there are Sasquatch and people are being abducted by aliens. But I kind of, I don't know, but I'm also like a ghost hunter. So, <laughs> so that doesn't really add up. Like I'm sort of all over the place, but um, yeah, interesting. So another thing that I want to know about you is have you ever had any type of strange exotic out of the ordinary pet uh i know that back in the day you used to be able to buy monkeys and all sorts of exotic pets at the pet store my uncle 
actually had a spider monkey, or no, not a spider monkey, a squirrel monkey, I think. The smaller ones. I think it was a squirrel monkey. Uh, and he had him for many years and my mom told stories of my uncle bringing this monkey home and and he was super cute, but he apparently would piss on a lot of things. <laughs> he'd sit at the top of the curtains and piss down the curtains or, and then he'd always be washing things in his pee. Like he would give him a great pee, pee on it and wash it and then eat it. He'd wash it with his pee. Uh, so he was kind of dirty and stinky and, and I don't know if he was really a biter. Like I would, when I think of like monkeys, I think of their teeth <laughs> and like how much it would hurt if they just decided to bite you because they're super strong like for their size and especially like a little squirrel monkey is probably the same strength as like a regular human. But uh, yeah, super cool to think about having a monkey as a pet. I've seen those, um, I've seen those little thumb monkeys where they're the size of your thumb and there's a video of them on like Instagram and people have them and they just kind of like, I think you have a, you have to have a special license and like a special habitat for them. You can't just buy a monkey and have it in your apartment type thing. Uh, so I'm not sure like how the rules of how you can get one of these things. Cause I mean, th that would be the ultimate. <laughs> just keep them in your purse, just hangs on your shoulder a little bit. I mean, that's like, that'd be so cute. Uh, my opa had a tarantula a beautiful like black and orange tarantula named Chico for many, many years, I think. Don't quote me, but I think that he had him for like 30 years. He was alive for a long time. And I, like I said, it could, I could be totally wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was quite old and had him, he had him for as long as I could remember. And then, uh, but my Opa was a bit of a, a prankster and he would take the molt because I'm not sure how often Chico would molt, but tarantulas they when they molt they just basically pull right out of their shell their exoskeleton and then what's left looks exactly like the tarantula so opa regularly walked around with with chico put him in his mouth one time like just was always had him around and especially family gatherings so we were used to seeing him but sometimes opa would take the molt and walk around with it and then and then chuck it at you randomly <laughs> Where he'd be like, I remember one, I think it was Christmas time and uh, we were all around in the kitchen or not the kitchen, the, uh, the dining room. And that's where the snacks were and stuff. And, and, uh, oh yeah, he's walking around. Oh, Chico. And then he would, he went up to my aunt and just chucked Chico, the molt at my aunt and she just flipped out. And we, we all thought it was funny. She didn't, but yeah, good times. So my opa had a tarantula. My uncle had a monkey. Um, I had a pet snake, a garter snake. I was, uh, I was tubing down a river and saved a snake. I think he was in the water or just found him and just kept him with me for the whole float down the river. And, uh, and then I decided to keep him. Not a good idea. I mean, you should always release things back into the wild, but I decided to keep him and I named him Skibibo. Skibibo the garter snake. And he w lived with me in a little tank for a little while. And then eventually he just died because he would probably starve to death or something. I had no idea how to look after him. And I tried to feed him ants and stuff. But then he was he was a goner. Sorry, Skibibo. <laughs> um, and that's about it. Like, I didn't actually grow up with pets in the house. Some people have lots of pets in the house, but I never did. We The only pet we ever had in the house was uh, a bird named Chirpy.
And I don't think that lasted very long. I think we were babysitting it, actually. I don't think my mom, I don't think we had it in the house. Like, as a pet, I think we were just looking after it. But that's the only time I remember having a, having a pet inside. So if you've had a strange or interesting pet, let me know in the comments down below. I'd like to know. Uh, and even, like, go, go back as far as you can remember, too. Because, uh, yeah, there's... Back in the day, rules were different. Very different. Now it's time for a segment that I like to call Kitty Twisters. So Kitty Twisters is a segment where I like to read some jokes that I found online that made me laugh out loud. And if you happen to be sitting there by yourself, driving in your car, or watching this, if, if you want to laugh, I want you to really laugh, okay? Let it all out. <laughs> Just like the cheesiest thing to say, okay. Uh, <clears throat> what is the difference between Tiger Woods and Santa Claus? Santa stops after three hoes. <laughs> Ooh, that was four. Lady number one. Why is your husband so punctual when returning home from work? Lady number two. I made a simple rule. Sex will begin at 9 p.m. sharp whether he's there or not. <laughs> What's the difference between ooh and ah? <laughs> About three inches. <laughs> so dirty. If your Uncle Jack was on his roof and he wanted you to help him down, would you have helped your Uncle Jack off? A man comes home early from work and tells his wife he just got fired. He tells her, I got caught with my penis in the pickle slicer. His wife asks him if his penis is okay and he assures her it's fine. Well, she asks, what happened to the pickle slicer? Oh, he says, she got fired too. <laughs> okay, this one just happens to be in the screenshot I took. It's not that funny, but I'll read it anyway. Why did Humpty Dumpty push his girlfriend off the wall? So he could see her crack. Ha ha ha. Okay, this one. I don't really know how to make a martini, but I think this makes sense. There once was a man named Sweeney. He spilled some gin on his weenie. That being uncouth, he dipped it in vermouth and slipped his wife a dry martini. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I told my wife that I would get a tattoo on my pecker of a $1 million bill. This way, she can blow a million bucks without leaving the house. <laughs> what do you get when you cross a chicken in a vacuum? A cocksucker. Hey, girl, were you born on a farm? Because you sure know how to raise a cock. Don't ever use that one. That's so cheesy. All right, everyone. That concludes Kitty Twisters. I also had this question... It was posed kind of more like sexually, but this is like the most embarrassing public moments that you've had. And uh, I was in Tenerife and hiked down to a nude beach. And it was actually, the beach was called Boyuyo. And it was a well-known beach, but nude beach and even if you don't want to go nude you can go to nude beaches you can just be be a spectator um, but a lot of times nude beaches are more remote uh, and there's less people there so 
we get down to the beach and um, it was quite a hike to get down there. And we were sweating and frick, I just was ready to get into the water because it was probably like 35 degrees or so it felt like. Let me take a sip of this. Start first. I think what a lovely winter cocktail this would be. So, oh yeah, I didn't even say what's in this. So this is not Kitty Elixir. This has been my keto, kind of like keto Gatorade mix with some vodka, uh, some lemon, some lime, and then this beautiful, lovely shimmer. But you know what I mean? Like a nice winter cocktail, even with this color, it almost looks like icy blue. The only thing I don't like about it is that it does kind of leave a little bit of residue on the glass, which isn't super attractive, but that's okay. So anyway, we get down to this beach and uh, sweating to death, ready to get in the water. It's a black sand beach. So even though the water is crystal clear blue, you can't see, you can't tell that because the sand is black. We get down to the actual sand. It's a black sand beach, volcanic sand. So if you've never been to a black sand beach in your life, uh, the sand is 10 times hotter than white sand. And you know how hot sand can be <laughs> when you're barefoot. So anyway, first thing I want to run into the water because I'm so like, just drop my bag off, just go for a dip, right? It's a nude beach. I don't have to worry about putting a swimsuit on. I rip all of my clothes off start running towards the water. And we're still a little ways from the water, right? Like the bottom of the hiking trail, like when we get there is not, was not right on the water. So I had to run for a ways. As I'm running towards the water, actually, I shouldn't say I was even running. I was just like walking briskly, <laughs> quickly. And um, as I was doing that, my feet started to fricking burn, like burn really bad. And I still had a ways to go. And as, Every step that I'm taking, I feel like it's like second degree, third degree burns on my feet. So the only thing that I needed to do was to cartwheel <laughs> to the water <laughs> because I had to get my feet off of the sand. So there I was, first started running, then started cartwheeling towards the water. And I hoped that people that watched me <laughs> knew what was going on and that I wasn't just so happy to be there and so like in need of attention that I just decided to cartwheel naked towards the water um, by the way that technique did work it did save my feet um, I did have a couple blisters on the bottom of my feet from that sand uh, so beware if you have a long distance to go on black sand don't do it barefoot uh, unless you are willing to cartwheel. <laughs> uh, so that was embarrassing. And I feel like everybody was like, what the actual hell? And I'm sure that people have retold that story uh, a few times, but because not something you see every day. And uh, if you were on that beach that day, that's what was going on. <laughs> Could you imagine one of you were there and you'd be like, Wait, cat, I was there that day. <laughs> oh my goodness. And my hair was down too. So like imagine like blonde hair. And I was probably white as a ghost too. Just like the, the worst white flag. Like, look at me. Uh, anyway, uh, another embarrassing moment, beach moment was, and I wasn't fully nude this time, 
But in Europe, like this was Croatia this time, um, t- being topless is just a normal thing. Like in Canada, it's a big no-no. You do not go topless in Canada. Uh, in fact, my mom tells me a story about her and my brother being at uh, a lake near where we grew up and there were two Dutch girls there playing volleyball on the beach topless. And they were just doing their thing, doing their thing topless, like probably young girls, like 16, 17. And then my mom says she'll never forget how the guy, the whoever, maybe the lifeguard on duty or whatever, had to walk up to them and tell them to put their shirts on. And, and how embarrassed he was to do that. Um, because in Canada, that's just not something that you see. We do have a nude beach in Vancouver. And I mean, any beach... I make every beach nude <laughs> when there's nobody around, you know, like you're not, I, my goal is not to make anybody uncomfortable and I wouldn't do it like in Canada on a public beach if there were other people around. But, uh, but anyway, this time I was in Croatia and when I got to this beach, there was nobody there and it was just beautiful. And the beaches in Croatia, they did, well, I shouldn't say all of them, but the ones I went to, they don't have sand. They've got like little round rocks. And uh, so it's not... It's not the most comfortable on the feet. And I think a couple days into that trip, I bought some some nice like swim shoes, but, or water shoes. <laughs> and um, so I walk, I take my top off. And at this point I left, it was actually my underwear that I left on like thong underwear and went for a swim. And by the time that I was finished my swim and, come, and was gonna work my way back, a tour bus had pulled up and a bunch of Asians got off and they were taking photos and whatever. And I remember going, oh my God, like I have to get out of the water. Like I got to go, but I got to get out topless. And all of these people are taking photos. And so I'm like, okay, well, you know what? The worst thing to do is not be confident. And if they get the show of their life, then they get the show of their life. <laughs> so I decided to very confidently walk out of the water uh, and go get my stuff. So the idea of that was great, but the execution was terrible because the rocks and shit that were on the bottom made it very difficult to walk confidently out. So not only was I topless with just like wet underwear, I was like, ooh, ooh, like trying to not hurt my feet coming out of the water it was the worst uh and but i'll tell you what once you have experiences like that and there were people taking pictures of me but i you know what i wasn't about to go and try to chase them down whatever but i'm telling you like when you have an experience like that it's almost good because you've exposed yourself in front of people and nobody died you know what I mean? Like it was okay. It was not a big deal. Maybe, sure, there's some pictures of me in some family photo album somewhere. Maybe it's all over the internet. I don't know. But, you know, it's like, it couldn't be worse than that. Like if you want to go nude on a beach, you've already had the worst experiences. <laughs> so it's just nothing after that. Do you have a special collection? Do you collect things like stamps, coins? Um, because... I collect Sugar Thrills clothing <laughs> and it's the only thing that I do collect aside from the treasures that I pull out of the ground with my metal detector. That's a, that's a different thing. But uh, it's, 
it's like some people have insane collections and I want to know if you have like a really cool collection or a unique collection. Um, I know somebody with an insane stamp collection and it's super cool to kind of go through and you know see stamps throughout history and they're almost they almost look like money like currency you know like they're super super cool uh, and and it's like when you see it all together it's like wow I see why you collect this stuff because it's it's some it's one thing to have like a few stamps it's another thing to have like a huge collection I could see how it would become like a total obsession because for me <laughs> every time Sugar Thrills come out comes out with a new collection I'm like almost buying every piece and this is not a good plan moving forward into my future because I swear they release a collection like at least every month and I spend thousands of dollars on sugar thrills like I'm not gonna lie I just today placed an order after trying to place it like numerous times something was going on with freaking the website but figured it out almost four thousand dollars US this is keep in mind I mean this is my job so like a lot of sugar thrills I'm wearing it right now tops and bottoms uh, I use for my patron mainly patron just because it is more risque baby doll very short very sheer uh, the best stuff and the reason why I think growing up playing with Barbies the fantasy of dress up and it's one thing to have a nice dress and a, you know nice dresses and whatever but this stuff is it's insanely dolly dress up and it just brings something out in me that like brings out the child in me right it's like a nostalgia from my childhood and I think when you collect something maybe it's the same kind of thing like toy collectors or it just evokes it gives you the same kind of feeling you had when you were a kid right I I'm going to show you a piece right now from Sugar Thrills I've not even tried it on yet the majority of the stuff still has the tag on I did take the tag off of this top <laughs> but I keep all the tags um, this is something I'm going to show you this is like from their I think it's called like their fantasy collection hold on I'll be right back okay this is the top and the bottom now let me show you this is from the sugar thrills dream closet collection here's the tag here dream closet here's the top I'll get rid of this little tag okay and the skirt like and the bow on the back this is what I'm talking about uh, you cannot find this sort of stuff anywhere else and maybe I'm totally wrong maybe there are many sites where you could buy shit like this my closet is full of this sort of stuff if you're interested to see a lot of it then you can go to patreon uh, because I do wear a lot of mainly mostly sugar thrills and um, I have enough to just keep going and going and going and never wear the same thing twice <laughs> these pants 
make my butt itchy. These pants make my butt cheeks itchy. Do you ever pants? Mainly, it happened to me when I was more like a teenager in high school. <laughs> when I'd wear like tighter pants and then my butt cheeks would get so itchy, like from it, like my butt bones pushing into the chair. You know what I mean? I got that same feeling right now. Check these pants out. These are also sugar thrills. I know they don't match my top. Don't judge me. <laughs> They're like crazy bell bottoms. And I have a matching top to this too. But I don't know what's going on with my hair. I can't tell in the viewfinder. By the way, I cannot taste that at all. Like if you're wondering if the shimmer has a flavor or a texture, it doesn't. It's like not even there. All right. <laughs> now it's time for cat fat. All right, so Cat Facts is a segment where I read interesting facts that you probably did not know. <laughs> so I read one of the facts to the, the, in my last podcast, I read a fact that 85 million years ago, the moon was so close to the earth. It was in fact, it was 35 feet above the earth's surface, rotating around the earth. Now, I thought that was amazing, <laughs> but the person I told it to was like, Cat, no, that's not true. You can't read it. And then I was like, I already did. <laughs> but I always say, I don't know if it's true or not. Do your own research. And that's the case with this segment is I'm finding this information on the internet. And who wrote, who put it there? I don't know. All I know is that the majority of them are probably true and some of them aren't. And the whole moon one, it does, I'm like, yeah, actually, you're right. It doesn't really make sense. Like, he, they're like, what about mountains and things? Like, what about hills and mountains? You know, do they, you know, it just doesn't work. The earth wasn't totally flat all the way around, but 85 million years ago. And then I started to do research. I couldn't find anything on it. And I was like, frick. So if you went and told somebody else that, blame me. It's my fault. I put it out there. <laughs> Uh, anyway, okay, so uh, now these are very short facts and then there's a link that you can click to sort of delve into it a bit more and find out more information. But I'm just going to read the, the brief facts and then you can look it up later and find out if it's true or if you want more information. People wore fake moles or beauty patches made of velvet, silk, or mouse skin in the 18th century as a fashion statement. This makes sense, you know, like Marie Antoinette, like with the fake moles, but I didn't know that they were like a, your status could, would depend on the quality of the mole. <laughs> oh, it's silk or is it mouse skin? Oh. <laughs> oh yeah, this is interesting. Before the invention of color TV, 75% of people said they dreamed in black and white. Today, only 12% do. Dreaming in black and white just because you see black and white on television? Is, do you think that's true? Hmm. A female architecture student prevented a Manhattan skyscraper from collapsing in the 1970s when she caught a massive design flaw. Okay, this one I want to find out more about, so I'm going to click the link here. Oh, I can't because it's a screenshot. <laughs> uh, I kind of want to find out more about that. So maybe the next podcast. Um, okay. Did you know that it is illegal to own just one guinea pig in Switzerland because they get lonely? That's so cute. Wombat poop 
is cube-shaped. Okay. The British royal family isn't allowed to play Monopoly. <laughs> what are they going to... Who's going to do... What? They're going to get arrested? Why? <laughs> By the way, if you know uh, more information about these things, you can leave it in the comments too. Um, yeah, paper bags aren't any better for the environment than plastic ones. So I'm assuming that the production of paper bags take, takes more... causes more... <laughs> causes more... Um, I don't know, like emissions. I'm assuming that's probably what they mean. In the 19th century, experts warned women about a disease called bicycle face, <laughs> which meant getting stuck with the awkward faces they made while biking. Do you remember that old saying? Like, you know, don't go cross-eyed, your eyes will stay like that. Or like, don't make that face, your face will stay like that. It's kind of like that. <laughs> the voice of Mickey Mouse and the voice of Minnie Mouse got married in real life. Uh, <laughs> all polar bears are left-handed. Hydra. Uh, this aquatic creature is the only living creature that never dies. It regenerates, replacing its cells with fresh ones. A creature that never dies. I guess essentially it is. Dying. It regenerates, replacing its cells with fresh ones. So like replacing the dead ones with fresh ones. Interesting though, because yeah, I guess essentially it's not never dies. Coca-Cola was originally green because of the fresh cocoa leaves. That's interesting. Honey is the only food that doesn't spoil. I'm sure we, most of us know that. Maybe not. I don't know. A strawberry is the only fruit with seeds on the outside. With its seeds on the outside. Right, because I was going to be like, what about raspberries? But those are inside. Strawberries. Oh, okay. I've never thought of it. All other vegetables must be replanted every year except two perennial vegetables, asparagus and rhubarb, that can live to produce on their own for several growing seasons. What about apples on a tree? Is that not perennial? You don't have to replant them. That keeps producing fruit. Asparagus and rhubarb. Oh, vegetables. Vegetables. Duh. Okay, that makes sense. Asparagus and rhubarb. Rhubarb? I would... Yeah, I guess that is a vegetable. I've never thought of that. What is rhubarb? A fruit or a vegetable? Vegetable. <laughs> the bulletproof vest was actually invented by a pizza delivery guy from Detroit, USA after he was shot twice on the job. All right. Poor guy. <laughs> Did he invent it? Like the actual carbon fiber and shit? Or he just came up with the idea? There's a difference. Each, ki each king in a deck of playing cards represents a great king from history. Spades, King David, clubs, Alexander the Great, hearts, Charlemagne, and diamonds, Julius Caesar. The name of all the continents ends with the same letter that they start with. North America? No. Asia, Africa, Europe, Australia, North America, South America, and Antarctica. But North America, I guess if you're, if it's just America that you're counting. Because that's that was the one I was like, wait. But it is kind of true if you remove the north and south. So America. Europe. Yeah. It's true! <laughs> uh, Mao Zedong of China never brushed his teeth in his lifetime. I feel like I know a few people that have not brushed their teeth in their lifetime. <laughs> that concludes Cat Facts. I hope that you learned something. Uh... 
maybe it was true, maybe it wasn't. So like I said, if you're curious about something, look it up yourself, do your own research. And uh, if you know some of the answers or corrections, just go ahead and put that in the comments down below. So one question I got as well, if I wasn't a YouTuber, what would I be doing right now? What would I be doing with my life? Hmm. Well, before I started my channel, I was a professional artist. Meaning I was making money with what I was doing and was growing my business all the time. Uh, and I decided to start my channel kind of in the middle of a bit of a my business kind of started booming and then I thought well if I don't start my like if I don't try to make a YouTube video I, I'll never do it just because I'll be so consumed with art and what I'm doing in that world that uh, so and then a certain number of things happened it was kind of like divine intervention uh, these things happened and I started my channel and it sort of grew legs of its own and became a bushel with no breaks and I worked my ass off to make it what it is today and and um, that's how that happened but if I if I hadn't started my channel I'd probably have continued with my art career and uh, I still like the thing is I thought when I started my channel that I'd be able to do both I thought that I'd be able to do YouTube on the side and continue with my art career so I had luckily finished up all of my custom pieces so I was doing about four custom artistic renderings per month um, and maybe sometimes more maybe sometimes less depending on like the size of the project uh, and I luckily finished up like the last two and didn't take on any more work when I started my channel. Little did I realize um, how much of a learning curve it would be to edit video, to create thumbnails, like just learn the ins and outs of posting a video to YouTube, the regulations, learning what tags are, how the description box works. And like when you're starting from scratch, it's a lot, right? Luckily, <laughs> the University of YouTube was out there where I could type in how to start a YouTube channel, like what to do, what not to do. Um, and a lot of it I learned on my own and it took, it, it basically turned into a full-time job because I was posting back then, uh, two videos per week, a Monday video on Monday, a video on Friday. And I, it was just a ton of work like all the time. And then, um, so I couldn't continue with my art is my point. I have moments where. I really have a desire to draw and it's maybe something that I will incorporate in my podcast a little art segment where because I I'm self-taught as an artist I never went to university or that's why like I hesitate to call myself a professional artist but it, I kind of became a professional artist by um, growing and getting better known and then working and having a lot like basically getting my stuff out there um, and it became a career for me also i'm ordering another boom for my microphone so that's what this is called it's called a mic boom and it's too small and it's too rickety and 
every time I touch it, it makes weird sounds. And what I need is more space here because I'm like, have to stick my arm through this hole to talk to you. I want to have it probably quite a bit bigger where I have a lot more space and maybe have the microphone up here. No, 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 I won't. <laughs> um, so that's coming. But uh, I, I got totally sidetracked. Uh, so yeah, the answer to that question is definitely uh, continuing with my art. But who knows what would have happened? Maybe I would have gotten into cannabis. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Who knows? But I think I think that's kind of where I'd be at right now. The moment you've all been waiting for. Erotic story time with Cat Wonders. <laughs> Last week, we left off traveling to a Mayan village in a jacked up Lamborghini, drinking some sort of strange concoction and getting a beating on a massage table by two topless women. And then working our way to the ocean and having a really psychedelic experience, the best experience of our lives, made the best love of our lives and made it back to our families. Uh, shall we continue the adventure? <laughs> it is a two-week trip there, by the way, so this might go on for a little while. So it's day five, I think, on our trip. We are still in paradise. You with your family, me with mine. And we've had many adventures together so far and are closer than ever and we're pretty much at the point where we want to start staying in the same room because we've already made love a ton of times and I think we're ready to to get a room together so you go up to the front desk you basically ask the front desk for a bedroom for us. Uh, unfortunately, the entire hotel is booked up. It's an extremely busy time of year, extremely busy time of year. And the only, <laughs> the only room available is on the owner's yacht, <laughs> which is parked in the marina. And you thought this was strange because that the fact that that was even a thing was shocking. And you take it immediately. Yes. And you find out that the room is $10,000 a night. But you are an oil tycoon and a billionaire. So you <laughs> say yes and rent it right away without question. Then the guy at the front desk said, oh, and by the way, this includes the helicopter on the roof of the yacht. Uh, there's a pilot. Uh, so you can, and then you stopped him right away and said, no, 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 no. I'm a helicopter pilot. I can fly it. Hard nipples. Anyway, 
So <laughs> uh, you come back to me and uh, I'm on the beach in my red bikini and my matching hairpiece and with my beautiful Shirley Temple looking cocktail. And you say, guess what, baby? And I say, what, darling? You say, I got us the room on the yacht and the helicopter is all ours. And I go, what are you talking about? On the yacht, like that yacht? And I point over there and it's this black yacht, six stories high <laughs> with a black helicopter on top. And I'm ecstatic, like how crazy. I'm not really a bougie bitch, <laughs> but I can have a bougie time and have a really good time. So we hold each other's hands and walk towards the yacht and tell the captain, hey, we just rented this place. Here's our tickets. So we pass him a couple tickets and he lets us on and proceeds to show us to the top level, which is the entire level is ours. And it's got an insane, see this, this is eyeliner, um, an insane kitchen and the bathroom is huge. There's like twin tubs and twin shower and the bar fridge full, everything's included. And then there is a hot tub and a pool on the top deck. And so we think to ourselves, what is the capacity here? Because we're going to freaking invite our family on this thing. Uh, but I don't want to piss anybody off. Neither of us do. We call the front desk and ask, hey, if we wanted to have like a few family members over later up here, would you be okay with that? And um, the guy says, let me just, let me call the owner. Hold on. So he puts us on hold or puts me on hold and comes back on and says, yeah, yeah. He says, no problem. Um, for $10,000 a night, just the two of you, but for $15,000 a night, you can have as many people up there as you want. So I look at you and you look at me and you're like, let's do it. So <laughs> we said, okay, we'll come back. We'll pay an extra $5,000 a night if we can party on this thing. So just the top floor, don't forget, not the whole place. Um, and then I'm curious, like, who is who is the owner of this boat? Like, who is this? Uh, so anyway, because we have this yacht, and it's not really fully ours, just the top bedroom and the helicopter, um, we're kind of trying to come up with a plan as to what we should do, like where we should go. And you, of course, being a helicopter pilot, the possibilities are endless, really. So we decide that we want to go scuba diving and not just snorkeling, scuba diving. You have your paddy, I have mine. Paddy, P-A-D-I, it's like a special license to dive, I guess. So we pull out a map, can't find anything. So we decide to ask a local, um, one of the people that work at the resort, where we should go to scuba dive, like where would they recommend going? They tell us that there is a blue hole, kind of like the one in Belize, but not as big or as deep, uh, about 10 kilometers to, into the middle of the ocean. And right next to it is kind of like a sandbar where you can land the helicopter. 
So we're excited. We get all of our gear. I pack us a massive lunch, charcuterie, <laughs> champagne, and um, we get onto the helicopter and take off. It's so sexy to me that you are a pilot. And there we go. Our family is waving to us as we leave the tarmac and the helipad, whatever it's called. <laughs> and we, from the shore, we're waving from the shore, they're not on the boat yet. So we take off and start heading towards this blue hole area. So as we approach the, the coordinates, we can see a white island with one single palm tree. And you very gently land us on this little island. It's just you and I here and the helicopter. <laughs> and we can see that in front of this sandbar island, the water gets to be a really black, black blue. It's a massive deep hole off the edge of this island. And I'm a little bit nervous because even though we both are licensed to dive, um, I don't know anything about the area. I don't know what kind of sharks are in the area. I'm not sure exactly what to expect. But I'm with you and you're my hero. So we are making it happen. So we get all suited up and it's a beautiful day. No thunderstorms in the background. Uh, very mild, I guess, tide coming in. And uh, we decide to just go straight for it. So you go in first and I follow you. And as we kind of started to dive, we could see that the circumference of this blue hole was just sand. No coral, nothing, just sand. And I'm thinking, well, this is cool and all, but like, if I'm gonna be scuba diving, I wanna see some wildlife, I wanna see some stuff, right? So as we're diving deeper and deeper, staying close to the edge, and it's getting a bit dark, and we keep going down and by this at this point we're probably about 10 meters down and we have like little walkie-talkies in our helmets <laughs> sorry <laughs> in our scuba gear uh, and we start talking and and i didn't want to seem nervous and i could tell you weren't because your breathing was about half the speed of mine we could just see the tip of something and I knew it wasn't alive but I just didn't know what it was and um, you're you say right awake hey look at this what is that you see that and I say yeah I do what do you think it is and then you say I think it's a ship so I say well let's check it out right and when you when you're a, a diver you have a certain like limit of depth but because this is a fantasy story we're we're 15 meters down and at the tip of this the ship's helm <laughs> i don't know what a helm is but the top little thingy on the boat you know the one that holds up the sail so we're flabbergasted we can't believe that we just found this and i'm sure that we didn't weren't the first ones to find it but <laughs> whoa okay anyway so 
you are the first to kind of touch this part of the ship and swim down towards it. And you're wondering, why is this hole here? Like, what is this hole? Why is this here? It doesn't even make sense. There's no rock, there's no nothing. It's just basically sand in like a big hole. And um, we noticed that the ship uh, is very old, very, very old. And it's kind of on this strange like rock bottom, but the rock looks really almost planetary, like great big, what are those things on the moon called? Craters on this rock. Then I thought, is this a meteorite? Is that what caused this hole here? Like, is that what this is? Because then you explained to me that sometimes meteorites can emit very strange, like, magnetic fields, which can mess with tides and cause ships to sink. So this is why the ship is here. And it's been here for a long time. Um, but people have dove it before and, you know, there's no treasure on it. There's nothing left. You know, it's kind of an attraction. But this meteor being kind of what it was made you a little bit nervous because whatever caused that ship to sink there could happen again. So we kind of explore the ship a little bit and I'm touching the meteor and this is like 20 meters down now, maybe less. <laughs> and um, I could feel that it feels strange. And I put my hand on it and suddenly I feel like vibrating. I feel vibrations coming from this meteor. And you don't even have to be touching it to feel this vibration start to happen. So you look at me and you say, okay, I think we should get out of here. Well, as we start swimming towards the surface, the ground and the sand starts to get murky because the vibration from this meteor is so strong that it's moving everything in the water. Suddenly parts of the ship start to break off and fall down towards the meteor and we realize we have to get the hell out of here. So you and I swim to the surface as fast as we can and the island that our helicopter is parked on is shaking like mad. The one palm tree is going crazy. <laughs> and um, as the shaking is happening, the sand is slowly disappearing into the water. And down would our helicopter go too. Our helicopter would... So anyway, we knew that the helicopter was in danger and we couldn't lose this thing. So you and I quickly crawl out of the water but as we're coming up onto the beach, the sand is falling towards this hole and it's almost like quicksand. We just can't get up there fast enough, fast enough. And so I reach my hand towards you. I happen to be ahead of you and I grab your hand and you start pulling me back in. So I let your hand go. <laughs> and uh, luckily you're strong enough to get yourself out and we both worked our way back to the helicopter. We're both still in full gear. Don't even take our mask and snorkel off. Not snorkel, but our breathing apparatus. Get in the helicopter. Don't even bother closing the door. Fire the thing up. And the helicopter's already at like 
a 20 degree angle. Like it's already starting to sink, already, not already, already starting to sink in towards the hole. And which will make takeoff very difficult because you don't want to take off sideways. So you fire it up and after about a minute of sitting in that thing and hoping that we don't fall into the ocean, uh, you fire it up and off we go. We took off at a little bit of an angle, but we were safe. As we raised up higher and higher and higher, we could see the island kind of completely collapse into this black hole. We couldn't believe it. You couldn't believe it. I'd never heard or seen anything like it. And we basically got away by the skin of our teeth. So you put the helicopter in autopilot <laughs> so that we can disrobe. And as we disrobe and find ourselves naked in this helicopter, we decide to join the Mile High Club. And we have the most intense, amazing, adventurous sex we've ever had. And it's kind of interesting because you were sitting in the pilot seat, but I was sitting on top of you. And um, anyway, it was just amazing. And so <laughs> uh, now we have to fly back and land the helicopter safely. So we fly back, land the helicopter safely on back on the tarmac on the helipad on top of the yacht and um, we go back to the beach and f connect with our family and over dinner with our family we explain to them what had happened we got a hold of national geographic <laughs> and all the major news people and we explain what happened and we were on the front page of the newspapers and um, luckily the helicopter had a dash cam and caught everything on tape so it was incredible then we broke the news to our family that we had the entire top floor of this yacht booked for all of us to go and have fun so that evening after dinner we all went up onto the top floor of the yacht did some swimming did some partying raided the drink fridge the bar fridge and had a private chef and there happened to be a celebrity DJ at the resort that we invited to the party to. And he rocked the night away. And it turns out that the yacht belongs to Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> so he was there too, <laughs> partying with us, keeping an eye on his stuff, but having a really lovely time with us. And he's a really cool guy. And he um, just made our whole night to be continued. <laughs> Holy crap, when I start those stories, I have no idea where they're going to wind up and they um it's never a dull moment in erotic story time. <laughs> well, everyone, that concludes this podcast. I hope that you really enjoyed it. If you have any suggestions, questions, feel free to leave that in the comments down below or email me at kittylickerpodcast@gmail.com. Also, please send in your little video submissions if you'd like to be featured on my podcast. Uh, jokes, questions, comments, just a little short 10-second video clip, email it. So take it on your phone and then email it to me at kittylickerpodcast, kittylickerpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, that will be linked in below, down below in the description box as well. 
I had so much fun today. I hope that you did too. And I hope that I earned a like from you and a subscription. And if you're listening to this uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, just know that there is a video version on YouTube. So check me out. Go to Cat Wonders on YouTube and you can find the podcast video version there. And you can see all, all the things that I got going on here, including my crazy kitty elixirs. Well, I hope that you guys have an amazing weekend and I'll be back one of these days, <laughs> whether you see me on Friday again or on Monday. Um, I'm always back. I'm pretty much posting three days a week here on YouTube. So uh, yeah, you can look forward to that. And don't forget that I've got an OnlyFans for five bucks a month. And I've also got a patron starting at $5 a month for some extra sexy content. So don't miss out on that. Thank you all so much for tuning in and I will see you in my next video or podcast. Bye.